0: Hello and welcome to episode 483 of Fergo on the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew RLP, And join me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter at League Freak. How are you going there, mate?
1: I'm going really well, Andrew. Hey, guess what? There's something that I've got to bring up to you that mm-hmm. we haven't talked about because you haven't been on the podcast for a while.
0: Yeah, it's been a Cause,
1: while. Yeah, because you said you don't really care too much about our listeners, but we'll, we won't talk about that. Um... <laughs> Um, remember we were talking about Andrew Webster. When was this? But yeah, I mean, go on. Yeah. I don't remember talking much about him. We're talking about Andrew Webster, the, the footy coach, not the irrelevant idiot.
0: Oh right, um, right okay, yeah, yeah. Now, now it makes no sense.
1: Yeah. I thought you were talking, we're talking about, about that other dickhead. And I'm and I'm talking about him, and I'm like, oh yeah, and he, he went over to England, and you're like, you're like, no, he didn't. You fucking idiot, right? And I'm like, I swear he did. Where? I was informed by Johnny Lou that he, in fact, did go over and was an assistant coach over in England for some time.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah. I mean, who cares about assistant coaches, though?
1: Yeah, who gives a fuck?
0: <laughs> but still, it was interesting that I knew he'd gone over to England. It was in
1: my brain.
0: That's that's a weird thing to have stored in your brain. I, Yeah, I didn't know he'd gone over there. But there you go. Yeah. He, hang on, I'll tell you who he played for. Hang on. I was, was going to say, I yield to your statistical awesomeness.
1: He, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm trying to find it. Uh, um, he was telling me. Okay. So I was right about Andrew Webster. This is what Johnny Lou told me. Johnny, who's the St. Helens fan that come on after mm-hmm. the uh, trial game against St. Helens. Um, he said he went over. He was an assistant to Michael uh, Morgan at Hull KR. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Webster is his brother, um, and then that's why Richard Agar is currently his assistant coach at the Warriors because he formed links.
0: Oh, right, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, so <clears throat> we get to right. the problem of stuff. Hey, I'm just glad that I wasn't making it up in my head, quite honestly.
0: I think, too, if I remember rightly when we're talking about that, I might have said – um, several times but i wasn't sure because i was going off guesswork mm. i don't, no, i'm not saying it's a defense because i I've, I've never really followed andrew although I, I remembered that he was, he was an assistant at the tigers and at penrith and that was pretty much the extent of it i was
1: just so confused that it was in my it was in my brain and i'm like why am i thinking this if it didn't happen but apparently it did and i was like oh yeah i'm not crazy i'll have to bring that up on the podcast
0: still not crazy yet still not crazy good work good work you've, you've 17th days
1: thong. not crazy
0: <laughs> <laughs> so got, hey i've got to ask you a question yes are you wearing your thongs
1: i'm not wearing my thongs at the moment hey
0: are you wearing just one of them
1: no no why would i only wear one thong unless i found it thongless that's
0: uh that's the way I- to go
1: I saw you tw- <laughs> tweet about thongs, all right? And we confused, I think it was someone from England, because we're talking yeah. about wearing thongs, and they thought we were talking about the undergarment. Yes. Um, And you tweeted out about me wearing thongs, both, both sorts of thongs.
0: Yeah, you're going to take a picture and post it up there of yourself wearing all of your, your thongs.
1: <laughs> Not going to happen.
2: Not going to happen.
1: <laughs> nah, nah. Oh man! I only wear thongs on my feet. Occasionally, I'll put one on the top of my head, you know, but that's when.
0: Well, I mean, that's where most of them go. The uh, yeah. the ones that the English know of. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, there we go. Um, it's been a pretty uh, pretty interesting week in football. Yeah, it's been weird.
1: Hey, so, like we've had this round, we've had three of the weirdest games I think I've, I've seen in one round ever.
0: Yes. And for me one of them was not one of the floggings. Oh really? What was it? The Storm Panthers game. Yeah, that was that was insane. As the storm got out to a fourteen nil lead mm. and their line speed in defense in that first twenty, 20, 25 minutes mm. was fucking insane. And Penrith could not find a way through it. And then no. and then they did. And that was it. And it was kind of <laughs> I said
1: going in, if the if the Panthers beat the Storm in this game, it might be time to hand them the trophy. And so when the Storm come out and they start kicking their ass, go up 14-0, I'm like, well, there goes that. And then the Panthers went on, what was it, like 36-2 run? Yeah, something like that. And it's like, well, if, if you can get off to a start like that and you're the Storm and you're at home, and they obviously really wanted that game, and it still didn't really matter. It's like, fuck. Like, that was, that was one of those games. Like, you could see the storm at the end of it, even in the press conference and everything. It was just like, that just was what it was. It's like,
0: holy shit, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, they just didn't have an answer. Mm. And the good thing, too, is that uh, in the first half, Luai was... Um, pretty quiet and very mm-hmm. much parked on one side of the field as if he thought Cleary was still out there. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like he came into the sheds and Ivan Cleary's walked up to him and says, hey, mate, you do know Nathan's not out there yet? And he's like, oh, and he comes mm-hmm. out in the second half but he's everywhere and he's just fucking insane. I was like, you stupid bastard. He <laughs> <Is, laughs> no, was great that second half. He was phenomenal.
1: Has he got the best... Footwork and step of any half not called Benji Marshall.
0: It's like very high on the left, yeah. Yeah,
1: like it is. He was putting on footwork around the middle of the field in that second half where he was just leaving guys, just standing. And, and, and like they had him, and then he was like 10 meters away with a couple of steps, and it, he just tore, tore him up along with it, all of his teammates. Um, But, yeah, that that felt like one of those games where it was like, you know, if this this can happen to the Storm, what chance does everyone else have? You know, Mm. it's kind of weird.
0: The one step he's got, which I absolutely love, is Mm -hmm. the one where he's running towards the line and then steps backwards. Yes. (laughs) And, And, like, that's...
1: There's very few people that can do that sort of shit. I used yeah. to be able to do that shit when I played footy. Hey, where you can step backwards um, and you just, you come straight out of, you know, a tackling zone for an oppositions. And so you're just gone. You you That's it. You're gone. You know, yeah. it's amazing. He's such a good player. He's so underused by Penrith and New South Wales. It's crazy.
0: He really is. Um, now you did do a very good uh review of the the origin. That's I right. just wanted to add one thing
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's more of just an asking you a question because it's it's yeah. sort of dawned on me a little bit watching the origin of this series.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think New South Wales have one game plan, and that is let's let's play tedesco as if he's Paul gallum It does feel a lot like that, doesn't it so every Once they get into the attacking zone and it's like third or fourth tackle, Tedesco gets the ball. Mm. And then the next tackle, Tedesco gets the ball. The next Tedesco gets the ball. And it's almost as if – I'm not – I was watching Tedesco closely because he caught a lot of criticism, some of it fair enough, in the first game. Mm. Watching the second game, he wasn't calling for the ball either. No. It's just, bam, give it to Tedesco. And I'm Mm. like, why is this the game plan? And And why is this the only game planned? Yeah, and
1: like you and me, were, we were talking about Tedesco's form, I think, at the end of last year, probably the last third of last year, and then going into this year as well. And um, it's just, you know, everyone retires, you know, and I'm not saying he's ready to retire, but eventually you slow down. And he's slowing down from such a, a, you know, such a higher level. And I think that this is the point of his career where he's got to almost – and all of them have to do it. I remember Fittler had to do it. Johns had to do it. Um, Lockheed to a lesser extent. Uh, Benji had to do it big time because his athleticism was so much of his game early in his career where you've got to go into other parts. And I think that he's got to relearn how to how to be effective with his experience now rather than his athleticism. And it's the wrong time to be learning at Origin.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I can't pin the I can't pin the entire like like a lot of people are. I can't pin the entire series loss on Tedesco. No, because I think that was entirely a, a game plan, and it mm-hmm. made no sense whatsoever. There was no not enough shape or line running thrown at Queensland at all. Mm-hmm. Um. I just thought it was—it showed the complete lack of coaching ability of, of Fitler and also, you know, all of his assistant coaches. Yeah, yeah. I'd be ditching a lot of them. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that it's
1: the only way to do it is everyone leaves. Yep. Um, because the the way they've got it running at the moment, it just is—it's so outdated.
0: Yeah. So it's, uh, it's it's to the point where it's hard to pinpoint a player who's doing something wrong because they all, they're all playing something that's different to what they normally do when they're playing club football. Yeah. So you know it's abundantly clear that this is a game plan and the strategy that they're going into the match with. So until you get the right coaching structure in place and get the players back playing their normal style of football, can you then you know assess which players should be there and which ones shouldn't?
2: Hmm.
0: And it sounds eerily... Eerily similar to what's going on at the Tigers at the moment. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I mean, I guess
1: let's talk about it. Uh, I, I tweeted out, at, at, like, coming into halftime when, you know, the Cowboys hit 42, and I was like, this is what... All, anybody that knows anything about history of the game is like, they were they were keyed up for it at that point. Uh, and... I, it's it's weird to say, but I think the Cowboys left about 18 points on the table. Like, there were just a couple of times where they should have passed the ball and they held it a bit too long, or, you know, they took the tackle and things like that. They they did some, like, just silly things, and, and they were all excited. I understand why they did it, but it was just crazy to watch that
0: happen in the modern game. The thing I found crazy about it mhm is those 74 points mm-hmm. came in the last 66 minutes of the game because the game was nil all after 14 minutes. Wow. That's six, 66 minutes, 74 points in 66 minutes. And uh, I know we've roasted him before on here and very, very uh rightfully so. Nofaluma... Dog shit in defense. That's possibly one of the worst defensive games he's ever had. Mm-hmm. Every guess he made, because that's all he does when he's in the defensive line, he guesses. Mm-hmm. Every guess he made, every action he took, the wrong one, every fucking time. And the number of times I saw him way up in front of the center in the defensive line, drinkwater just gets the before he even gets the ball, looks over and goes, Where's Knoffle? Oh, he's over there. Yeah, oh, it, like, I'll just <laughs> Yeah. It
1: like behind the attacking line behind yeah. it, where the fuck are you going? Um, even mo- fucking Jared Croker was looking at it and saying what 's that guy doing <laughs> yeah cro's looking at it going mate you 're really bad at defense <laughs> he 's like he 's half a step out of being in the right place
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I was I, I was going to make a tweet last night, and it was going to be um players who the West Tigers could sign to be a an upgrade on David Nofaluma as a winger, and the first name I put on the list was yep. Oliver Gildart. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, no, no, I can't do this here. I'm going to say this for the podcast. Who other? Which other players? And even past ones. Because I was going to put Daniel Fitzhenry on there. Um, which Shane
2: other Warwick? wingers? Could...
0: Oh, Shane Warrett. Shane Warrett. He, he, he's better a defender than that. I'm going to throw one at you. A bloke who never actually played in first grade. Mm-hmm. Darren Clark. Do you remember him? Yes, I do. A sprinter. A sprinter. He got signed mm. by the West Tigers. Mm. And uh, play, Sorry, Balmain Tigers. And he played reserve grade for like half a season.
1: What about it's touch and go? Mm. Dwayne Chambers, former disgraced steroid-using sprinter that was signed by the uh, the Castleford tigers at one point couldn't be a bad option the (laughs) only the only person that would be worse there was a this very famous rugby union player called gareth thomas that signed with, I think it was the Celtic Crusaders that were called at the time. Yes, yes. And in his first game, his first tackle, he got knocked senseless and his second tackle, he got knocked senseless. <laughs> and I remember watching that game saying they should take him off the field because this is a duty of care thing at this point. Um, he didn't get any better from there. Um, but, yeah, he's probably the only one that's worse that I've seen.
0: How about Greg
1: Smith. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, that's a tough <laughs> one. That's a, that's a tough one.
0: There you go. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the area that Nofoloom is in. Yeah. Um, the thing
1: that got me about that game is um, there was one point in the second half and the Cowboys just, every run through the middle of the ruck was like all of them were Jason Tamalolo. Like they were all making about 15 metres, the Cowboys. And I, as I'm watching that, I was thinking like, what would happen if the Tigers got in this mood, and the Panthers were in the mood that they were in in the second half against the Storm? Like, could they score a hundred points? <laughs> and like, but here's the thing, I'm not even fucking joking. Hey, like, could they score a hundred points?
0: It, it's doable. Hmm. Let's go through some of the team stats for this game because it is okay. lopsided as fuck. Okay. Run meters, Tigers made 1,011, Cowboys made 2,393. Wow. It gets worse. Post contact meters, I've never seen a post contact meters number this high. The Tigers nice. had 347, mm-hmm. the Cowboys 712. Holy shit. <laughs> the Cowboys post contact meters is only 3- 299 less than all run meters for the Tigers. Uh, that says it all. That says it all right there, eh? Line breaks, Cowboys, 13 to 1. (laughs) Tackle breaks, Cowboys, 54 to 28. Tackle breaks. That's not even just missed tackles. That's tackle breaks. Mm. Average set distance, Tigers, 29.76 metres. Cowboys, 55.67. Kick return metres, West Tigers, 70. Cowboys, 250. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Dummy passes. Tigers, nil. Cowboys,
2: 36.
0: 36. (laughs) Tackles made. Cowboys, 196. Tigers, 376. Ineffective tackles. Cowboys, nine. Tigers, 24. Oh, man. It's it's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. The most that's, run metres for the Tigers was Luma with 113. Most of that was running past where he should have been to make tackles, I assume. <laughs> um, and the Cowboys, I think, had... Drinkwater had 234 metres. Tom Dearden, a halfback, had 202 metres. Yeah, that Nanai was great. Had, Nanai had 226 metres. Neem had 208 metres.
1: <laughs> that's, that's nuts. It's ridiculous. Yeah.
0: So as much as I was hanging shit on uh, Nofaluma for being dog shit, because he was, hmm. that's a failure of every single West Tigers player across the board to have that many players in that many different positions all making over 200 meters. Yeah. That's that's um, like there's no one in that Tigers side that you
1: you were able to look at and say, well, he tried. There just was no one. Um, third highest score of all time in in the whole history of the National Rugby League going back to, you know, fucking nineteen oh eight. Uh the biggest turnaround between two in season fixtures, I know yes. that for certain. And it <coughs> yes. was
0: uh was it was a hundred and twenty six? Hundred and twenty two I think it was. Okay. And the previous record was the Sharks Parramatta, which was about a hundred and eight yeah, it was much slower, yeah. I yeah. fucking flogged it. Yeah, he had smashed it. And um, I'm, I've been meaning to check, but I think this might be, if it's not the first round, it'd be the first one in a long time where three scores over 50 have been racked up in a, in a round. Oh, really? It'd be the first time we've had a 70, a 60, and a 50 anyway. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. And uh, even, it, it gets worse for the Tigers. Mm-hmm. Because their next two games are against the other two teams who scored 50-plus points this week. Mm. So they've got the Sharks, who racked, racked up 50 against the Ni- uh, the Dragons. Mm-hmm. And then the week up, they've got the Knights, who won 66, whatever it was today as well.
1: It's so difficult to get beyond 60. Like, you've got to be... You've got to not only be on fire, but you've got to have the game continue to march in your direction to get to 60. And and even just then to get to 66 is like it's almost like uh you know when they talk about um the the aerodynamics of once you go over 200 miles an hour how like getting to 200 miles an hour is very difficult but then the step up to 210 miles an hour is absolutely outrageously difficult from there And, and it's almost like once you get over 60 it's the same thing like to get to 66 is, is kind of outrageous. To get to 68 is like absolutely everything's gone your way.
0: And it just keeps going from there. They got 74. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fucking nuts. So you're given that the Tigers, the Dragons, and the Bulldogs, the bottom three teams, all got absolutely fucking flogged this week. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the latter. And essentially, the top six teams on the ladder have all got buyers next week. Penrith, Broncos, Storm all have actual buyers. The Sharks have the Tigers, the Raiders have the Dragons, and the Rabbitohs have the Bulldogs. Parramatta also has a, Parramatta also has a buy. So the Warriors are the only ones who've got a game coming up, I think. I, was um, that a buy this week? I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, the top six teams, are all they're all basically all going to get two points.
1: I knew that... I, when uh, I saw the Bulldogs were getting flogged and things are going weird at the Bulldogs. Um,
0: well, they still have the worst points difference in the in the comp and, surprisingly enough, considerably worse defense than the Tigers this year, even after what the Tigers turned out on the other day.
1: Yeah, it, that, that surprised me because I looked that up too. I was like, it, it, you wonder how it's even possible. Uh, they brought in Cameron Seraldo and they spent a lot of money and look, out hasn't been there. So that's a, a bit of an issue for them. But, you know, out isn't going to absolutely sure, and as good as a defender as he is, he's not going to sure up the defense of the entire side like they need. Mm. And I just wonder, like, do you think Cameron Seraldo looks tired?
0: It's interesting. Um, it's, I'm wondering how long before he um, is given a pillow by Gus.
2: Hmm.
0: Uh, Gus hasn't said anything yet, and he certainly hasn't turned up to training yet, which is usually a good sign. Yeah. Um. Because he's going to. Oh yeah, yeah. He's that's that's undeniable. That's going to mm. happen. The one other thing I found really interesting is someone in the media suggested is uh, Adam O'Brien the next coach likely to get sacked, and I went, "Ooh, whoever wrote that." putting their dick on the line. <laughs> I know, I saw that, eh? There's someone from the John's John's group of media <laughs> personnel will be coming out shutting that shit down real fast. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they responded and come out and put this 66-point score on, so the Knights can lose all their games for the rest of the year. Yeah, they'll, they'll be p- hanging their hat on that for the rest of the season. They will, they will. I, I mean, the highlight of their year at, at
1: this point up until today was that they lost to the Panthers because Jerome Loy has hair. So now they can move on to this big win over the Bulldogs. which yeah, And the, an actual win. Yeah, yeah, it's good.
0: Yeah. Um, um, Just like the Tigers were dining on that 66 points that rattled up, rattled up against the Cowboys until this game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well,
1: it, it's funny because when the Panthers were playing and afterwards, the, and it, it was kind of one of those games where... I actually watched after the match and um, they had Cooper Cronk and Greg Alexander were breaking down the Panthers a bit and it was fantastic. I was messaging Nadine about well, saying how good it was to listen to um, because it was one of those contests that we all kind of watched and it was like, well, now that fucking what are we supposed to do for the rest of the year? Because if Penrith can do that, what chance do the best teams really have against them? It was kind of a weird game like that. And uh, I lost my train of thought.
0: That's fine. Say. That's fine. I can't remember I was... what I was going to say. Well, let me get you back on track by talking more about the West Tigers. No, I'm not going to talk go. that much about it. I made, a, I made a tweet today. Yes. Um, maybe, maybe you can improve it. Okay. I said the West Tigers are terminally unwell. Chairman Lee's a glass of water, believing it can be the cure, but it's futile. Mm-hmm. Pascoe is a potato, believing it's a three-course meal and oblivious to the illness... Machines <laughs> is the illness. Yeah, that's pretty good actually. Uh zero leadership, zero accountability, zero progress. There's one player contract at the Tigers that sums up the level of incompetence of those running the club. Mm-hmm. It's David Nofaluma. He's on the longest deal there, and you know he's not on cheap money either. Yeah, this that's he signs weird. a winger on a four year deal for fuck's sake. It it they have to be it has to be like a Brian
1: Tao sort of like Local junior, it, it, he's making 200 metres a game. Great, Like, it has to tick every box. The only ones that I would ever sign for that long that are in the NRL right now, it's like Josh odo Tot O, and that might be it. <clears throat> I well, wouldn't sign Selwyn cobb to, to four years.
0: No. Well, there was a, a chat that was being had in private with with the boss nadine and she said you know how long before sheens is going to get sacked yes and i said he's a cancer they're not going to throw him under the bus because you know you can't run over cancer <laughs> <laughs> they won't get rid of him he's immediate <laughs> darling they love him and uh she's just sent us a message on twitter saying um this is a News article from about an hour ago saying West Tigers are set to parachute Benji Marshall into the head coaching role in 2024. Now, now here's the thing. I saw,
1: I saw where they said Benji. uh, This is you will love this. This is fucking. Look, I can't ever be mad at Tim Sheens about this. Tim Sheens is going to keep his title. Of course he is. But Benji Marshall is going to coach the team. All right. Now, when someone keeps their title, they also keep the salary. That's right. And they also lose all the responsibility because then it's Benji that's the coach. Exactly right. Zero accountability. Mm. Let's put someone else in front of the bus. Yeah. The crazy thing is Tim Sheen's last year comes into the club and they were just starting to move in a a half decent direction. I'm not saying they were going great, but at least they were moving in a direction. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: He comes into the club. He says, you know what this club needs is for me to coach them. So you need to sack Mike Maguire. So there's sack Maguire. Sheens takes over. They win the wooden spoon. He says it's all right though, because I'm going to clear out all those players. I'm going to spend big. i have got a bunch of players. We're going to move some players and stuff. They're right now in well, they might not be in last place at the moment because the Bulldogs might have moved down. No, no
0: they are definitely
1: last. Okay, they're still in last place. <laughs> so they haven't done they haven't gone anywhere. Nope. Right. It, it's and they're they're still going to go to Tim Sheens and say, Tim, what should we do to fix this? <laughs> I'm
0: going gonna, I'm gonna to pull out a, a a stat, which is, a, a, it doesn't really say anything, but I'm going to use it anyway just to justify how shit Sheens is. Okay. From 2000 mm-hmm. to 2021, mm-hmm. how many times did the Tigers concede 70 points in a game?
2: Uh, ooh, I'm going to
1: Man, seventy points stands out. Is it only once?
0: Zero. Okay. Oh, twenty twenty one. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I was going yeah. up
1: to today. Yeah. Okay.
0: But from but from twenty twenty two, when Sheens came back to the club, yeah. till now they've done it twice. No way. Because they also lost seventy two to six or whatever it was against the Roosters last year.
1: Ah, see, I forgot about that one. Mm. Wow. And thanks, Tim. he's under contract isn't he for like he's under he has been under contract for like next year at least i was fairly certain he had a
0: four-year deal it was going to be two years as as head coach and two years as coaching director to help robbie and benji Mm. in their role so i could be wrong about that but i'm fairly certain it was four years it's definitely at least three though by the way hasn't robbie farrow disappeared out of this picture yeah, it was supposed to be Farrah and Marshall as the mm. coaches. But they I push think... Farrah to the side. I dare say they, they'll put Farrah to the side so that they can throw Benji under the bus first and then Farrah will come in behind him and then they'll throw him under the bus and then they'll get Sheen's back. I wonder if Farrah has
1: has looked at the lay of the land and said, you know what? Let's just not not have my face around for a bit. Let's not be know. associated
0: with this. I don't know because... I don't think Farrell was ever strongly pushed to be a head coach there. And I'm not sure that that's something that he's ever had aspirations for. Because he's, to my knowledge, he's not done any. He's had opportunities, I guess, to fill in as, a, as the assistant coaches, as, you know, in head coaching role at the club in the last year and a half. And he's not done it. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember last year they brought in Brett Ker-Morley from the lower grades. And Farrell was there as assistant coach then, when they'd already made this decision. They never brought him up, so I'm, I'm not convinced that Farrell wants to be head coach. Which is why they've just sort of all the media's been lumped on. Benji Marshall's going to do the job instead. I think Farrell just wants to be the assistant coach.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, you don't get that feeling there. You? you just no. don't get that feeling about him. I mate, don't know that Benji wants to
0: really be a head coach either. I think he just wants to try and help out. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And parachuting him in next year, he's not, he's not done any coaching yet. Um, what a what a great apprenticeship. He's watched a team that was last continue being last. Yeah, great. Well, <laughs> well at least there's... He's, also, he's like, also lost the halfback, so he's got to start next year with a brand new halfback.
1: Yeah. But at least the rest of their salary cap is tied up in players that are getting flogged every
0: week, hey? Yeah, it's great. Mm. But hey, 12 scored. (laughs) We've got that. Uh, That's Alex. He saved us. Um, Okay, people are sick of the West Tigers talk. What else have we got? There was something you sent me the other day.
1: uh, Yeah, what did I send you the other
0: day? From the Poms.
1: It was from the palms. Let me go back through
0: my... uh... I found it. Do you want me to read it out? Yeah, yeah, read it out. Go on, go on, go on. The RFL today shared the annual report and financial statements for 2022 with clubs and other members of the Rugby League Council ahead of next month's annual general meeting, blah, 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 blah. Uh, The RFL has also confirmed significant increases in participation numbers in the first half of 2023. Stop, 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 stop. I never,
1: ever, ever, ever ever, ever believe the Rugby Football League's participation numbers. And I'm going on the fact that they were given participation numbers to their government and the government didn't audit of the participation numbers and dropped their funding. (laughs) So, So now, go on.
0: Reflecting the positive impact of last year's World Cup, the draft group financial statements detail a loss of... Nine hundred and eighty-seven thousand pounds for 2022. Sounds positive to me. Following a profit, the previous year of one point zero five nine million pounds, mm-hmm. and cash reserves of seven point nine million pounds. Mm-hmm. Turnover was up by seventy percent from twenty four point seven six million pounds in 2021 to forty two point one five two million last year. Largely as a result of the World Cup, with sponsorship increasing. From 1.668 million to 5.744, and government funding from 8.351 to 11.03 million, mainly due to grants received by the Rugby League World Cup Limited for delivery of the tournament in 2022. Isn't that funny? Do you remember when uh, there was somebody,
1: and his name was League Freak, and he was saying, You know what? The Rugby Football League soaks money out of the World Cup. And people were like, oh, no, no, they don't. They don't get anything out of the World Cup. That's the World Cup's money. They've got nothing to do with it. Turns out they fucking do soak up money out of the World Cup. Not that it mattered. They
0: managed to lose money anyway. Yeah, so they took a lot out of there. Yep. And so out of reading that, I really, really, really want to see the International Rugby League's bloody financial statement. Mm-hmm. Um, distributions to clubs were significantly reduced, from 8.356 million pounds in 2021 to 5.278 million in 2022 so that's a 3. Point, almost 3.1 million dollar uh, million pound drop mm. relating in the main to the reduction of in distributions to championship and league one clubs resulting from the sports lower levels of revenue uh the board and executive team had budgeted to make a profit in 2022 of 394,000 pounds in order to continue the financial turnaround from the previous three years. And, so, and they failed, so they all stood down. Um, Not really, though. No
1: one ever stands down.
0: No. Just kidding. Despite strict cost control and management of spend by the executive, the group has been faced with another challenging year. Oh, it's always the year's fault. Fucking yeah. calendars. Let's, oh, well let's get rid of all the calendars.
1: Fucking twelve months. We budgeted for ten. <laughs>
0: what bastard? <laughs> four key areas are identified, of which insurance is the most ex- significant, with costs rising from seven hundred and five thousand pounds to one point four million. It doubled. Mm. The result of a significant premium increase, which has not been, which was not able to be budgeted for. This cost is incurred on behalf of the whole game as it arises from liability insurance placed by the RFL on behalf of its clubs. How did that double?
1: Well, at the moment in the UK, there is a lot of pearl clutching. And look, me and you have been, ve- we take concussion very seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh but it goes to a little bit of pearl clutching level over there, and that's where you end up, where you're doing they're doing these trials of laws where you can't tackle someone, you know, below their belly button and above their nipples without getting penalised.
0: So those are decisions that are made to try and prove to the insurers that they're making the game safer in order to well, possibly try and make the insurance costs reduced. Well, now it's
1: more they're more of a symptom of some of the hysteria that is being drummed up over in the UK and a lot of it does come from the effects of that they're seeing in rugby union players and from everything that I've been taking in and I haven't I haven't looked into it too seriously but just generally you know every so often something will come up in the news and I'll have a read of it it seems like concussion might be a bit more of an issue in rugby union for whatever reason. Okay. And I don't know what that reason is because as I said, I haven't, I haven't researched that enough, but it seems so it's a, it's a bigger problem over there than it is for rugby league. But as always, you're going to get the, the effect rolling into rugby league because they've got half the same name. And I think that that is happening in rugby league at, at the moment. And that's why is starting to see some of the insurance premiums going up. And I think that is going to continue. I think it's going to continue for well beyond what we've currently seen in, in those rate rises out of insurance companies. I
0: wonder if uh, it's because in, in unions, because there is, there is a lot more contact with head and neck going mm-hmm. on, just with all the malls, the scrums, they put a lot more intensity in and push into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the risk I dare say on the head and neck area is probably more enhanced, but just not, not because of the, um, the level of impact, but mm-hmm. the more frequent number of impacts. Yeah. That might be what it is. But you know, when they're going in for the more, they, they're going, they're kind of leading with the back of the, the top of the head and the back of their neck. Cause they're going down. Yeah, exactly. They put the head in, um, so it's. I wonder if yeah, that could be what it is. And the, I mean, rugby union won't change its rules to to sort things out because they're very very reluctant to change any rules. Yeah, rugby
1: rugby union's just going to not change its rules until it something super dramatic happens. And, and I think it's that's going to be a commercial thing that happens personally. But um, yeah, what, I think that what they're seeing is that that crossover between the two rugby codes over there. And they're basically being treated as one by insurance companies. And, uh, that's unfortunate because they've got very different dynamics in their mm. tackles and, and they're running and all that sort of stuff. But the rugby football league, I don't think that they're, I don't think that they're doing themselves any favors either with how they're looking at concussion. um, and, look, I don't think we do really do ourselves any favours over here in Australia with how we deal with concussion either in
0: rugby league. Oh, no, everyone's, everyone's scared to admit and accept mm. that the game can cause brain injuries.
2: Yeah. So what and they I, do
0: is a way to try and counter is saying, we're going to make tweaks to try and mitigate the impact on the head areas, and hopefully mm. the fact that we've done that shows that we care and therefore you can't sue us because we've shown that we care. <laughs> and I, I think that they're
1: worried about if they do too much specific research within rugby league on the sport of rugby league, that the outcome will be that they'll find they'll, – then you'll have a, a, whatever it is, a number at the end of the day where they'll say – I don't know whether they say, you know, in every thousand tackles you're going to get – three major concussions or something. I think that what they're really concerned with is having the data. And right now they don't really have the data. And so there's a lot of guesswork going on. And I think they're more comfortable working with guesswork than they are with solid
0: data. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's what, it, it is something they have been doing a lot with in the past. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, so central events are the next factor identified, with ticketing revenues for the 2022 Challenge Cup final in quotation marks below expectations and a significant cost absorbed to stage the mid-season international, which gave the England men's and women's teams a chance to perform ahead of the World Cup held in the autumn. The RFL also had to deal with restructuring as part of the planned realignment of the sport. RL Commercial, which was formed in 2022 as a joint venture between the RFL and Super League Europe has been assigned the rights of all the commercial properties of the professional sport and is charged with selling those properties as well as staging the central events. The resulting restructuring has produced a, in quotation marks, smaller executive team in 2023 at a lower cost than in prior years, but there was some one-off restructuring cost accounted for in
2: 2022.
0: Yeah. Sounds like an excuse. It does, doesn't it? They mm. love restructuring. In England,
1: rugby league. They love restructuring and starting a new company, don't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. And saying, oh, this is a new company, this one. That's not like the old company. It's different. I yeah, know it's... a lot of the same people work here, but it's very different. I know so it's, got it's got the gonna... same
0: name. Uh, but, it, but the letterhead looks different. We used very a different, different. colour.
1: Yeah. It used the... to have, used to be red. Now it's like a blue and a grey colour. That's right. we used Comic Sans. Hmm.
0: Because <laughs> that's different. what all the pro companies are doing.
1: Yeah. It used to be based in Leeds. Now it's in fucking Salford.
0: Very <laughs> different. Very different. Um, finally, the strategic report notes that the postponement of, rugby, of the Rugby League World Cup led to the refunding of a substantial number of tickets, which had already been purchased. Other revenue streams were also impacted in 2021 and did not recover in 2022 when the tournament was rescheduled. Clearly... While the World Cup was rationalised during the latter part of 2021, there was certainly a cost of keeping the tournament functional during that period and retaining key members of the management team and staff.
1: Isn't it interesting that uh, you're talking about the World Cup so much? I thought the Rugby Football League had nothing to do with the World Cup. That's what I kept being told over and over again. Oops. You, you weren't right, were you? Oops. <laughs> Oops. I love it when I, te- I, love it. I tell you what I love. When... And I I did this last week. I, was, I would have people before Twitter was shut down by Elon Musk. And I would talk about the Rugby League World Cup and how it was losing money. And I'd have people saying, how do you know it's lost money? And it's like, I've been watching World Cups make money and lose money for so fucking long. You know which ones made money and lost money, you know. And they yeah. don't, they very rarely actually make money. Like, as long as they don't lose heaps of money, it's a success. This one lost heaps of money. And just watch, okay? It it won't come out this year. It won't come out next year. But you wait a couple of years down the track, you'll start seeing articles come out, and they'll be like, wow, that World Cup actually lost a lot of money. Because that's how
0: it works. The easiest way to tell is the organizers will keep saying how successful this World Cup was.
2: Mm. That's the other way.
0: Yeah, and they won't they
1: won't point to any data points either. They'll say it was it was wonderful. The, yeah. the competition was fantastic, and it's like, how much money did you make? Oh, it was just everyone
0: really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, we got new sponsors and new investment opportunities. Hmm, there's always really? opportunities. There were growth. There were growth segments within the sport
1: because of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Crowds were different.
1: Yeah, the crowds. <laughs> the crowds were sensational. What were the numbers? Yeah. They were sensational
0: numbers. Yeah, some of them were, were bigger than some other crowds we've had at that ground before. Oh, great. <laughs> they basically Donald Trump everything, hey? <laughs>
2: they do.
0: The
1: numbers, they were sensational. They are the best numbers ever.
0: <laughs> we've got all the best numbers.
1: What about the crowds? What were the crowd numbers? Oh, the crowds. You should have seen the crowds. They're incredible. <laughs> I was at the crowds. I saw many crowds, lots of crowds.
0: You had the best crowds. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rugby League World Cup 2021 was a separate company, but part of the RFL group. What, what, stop, Andrew. What, what do you mean? What do you mean it was Hang part on. of the same group? There were different groups. I was told this the whole time. Let me read it again, because you, you surely you're wrong. You're always wrong. So let me just check. Okay. Rugby League World Cup 2021, comma, a separate company, but part of the RFL group. Dun-dun-dun! <laughs> Comma, therefore has its results included in the RFL's draft group 2022 financial statements. So basically, what they're saying is, the Rugby League World Cup
1: group is like having a parasitic twin. Like, it's technically it's not you because you've got your, your own mandible. But when you swallow,
0: the cunt next to you gets fat. <laughs> so... What we can deduce from that little line there, that's a pretty big, important line in this whole article, Mm. is the year before when there was no World Cup, the RFL made money. And the year where they did have a World Cup and the World Cup entity was added to the RFL, so instead of being one business, it's now two businesses, it ran at a loss. Well, not, not ran at a loss. It lost money compared to the year before, considerably. Yes. Yeah. Um, deduce from that what you will, people. But I would suggest that the World Cup was not the overwhelming success that everyone wants to tell you it was. It may have, at the absolute best, and I don't believe this, broke even. Yeah, I,
1: I, I don't. I think it. The only way it would have broken even is if they managed to negotiate grants from the government that was so outrageous that I would, I would be disgusted if I was a British taxpayer. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, but I, I think that we'll. I do. I think we'll find out. It's the biggest loss making world cup we've had since 2000 and it might be more just based on inflation uh the number might be more but i i, I think it will be it will be behind that mm. the 2001
0: but uh, there's actually more to the group so there's mm-hmm. an RFL, Rugby League World Cup. It says here, the group also includes Rugby Football League Investments 2020 Limited, which is the vehicle through which the Sports Survival Fund loans have been administered. And its balance sheet reflects the long-term liability in relation to the loans made to eligible entities over the last three years. So they've got a third company there that they were taking out loans with.
1: Got lots of companies,
0: lots of fine companies, great companies. I, I was watching a documentary just last night about yeah. Bernie Madoff and about how he had certain businesses there and he used them for, uh, yeah, you know, if you know about Bernie Madoff. Ponzi scheme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this thing is, his one made money. This one's gone with yeah. <laughs> like a reverse Ponzi. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wrong. It's not a Ponzi. Not no, pyramid. No. It's not a It's just a bucket with a hole in it. It's um, such, who, owns, who owns Oddsall? Who owns Oddsall? They can't yeah. tell you. Uh, no. Um, Mark Lovering, the RFL's Director of Participation and Development, said, in addition to the £26.4 million of capital investment enabled by the Created by Capital Grants Programme, the World Cup, the most inclusive Rugby League World Cup in history, has it's also so driven, inclusive, very inclusive. A lot of people were included. Has driven a significant increase in participation, particularly amongst female and wheelchair athletes. Okay, what's the yeah. numbers? You didn't say any numbers, did he? Hang on, hang the, on. Next... the numbers are coming. I just had to go okay. to the next page.
2: Okay,
0: okay. This is this is all a quote. The World Cup-winning England Wheelchair Rugby League squad has been very active in various community initiatives in the aftermath of the tournament. This combined with well over 150 new wheelchairs delivered through Created By, that's the name of the company, Mm -hmm. has resulted in a 75% increase in participation compared with the same period in 2022. With England Community Lions also winning the inaugural Physical Disability World Cup, the number of registered PDRL players has increased by 60%, And there has been a 54% increase in the number of players taking part in Learning Disability Rugby League. The committed performances by the England women's team have helped to increase the numbers of women and girls participants in 2023 by 15%, again when compared with the same point last year. This figure will continue to rise once figures from the rugby's program inspired by the World Cup and backed by Sport England are factored in. The core community game, not including education social as a whole, has seen a 6% increase to date with encouraging growth, particularly amongst junior and youth players. Look, if that's real, that's great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 6%. 6% is not much. The, the growth in the women's game, n- not great.
0: Not I, great. Given that it's... It's been like the women's Super League. I think has been more established and it has more teams than, than the NRLW does. I'd have thought it probably would have been a bit higher because England's team did do quite well. Do they have more? Do they have more teams? I, oh, I'm talking about like when when the two comps started. I think they had six or seven teams in the women's oh, okay. one, We yeah. only had four. Yeah. Um, they're not too far different now, but. The, I'd be comf- comfortable in saying that the increase in women's rugby league players in Australia and New Zealand has been at a consistently higher percentage than that. Hmm.
2: I, th-
1: I think that once the NRLW started, and you, you've got to be careful that you don't just get wrapped up in the professional side of it and forget about the, all the lower grades and stuff, but I, I feel like that the... Because now that there is spending going on with women's rugby league in australia it's it's been it's probably grown a lot in the last few years five five years or so um and I think that we left New Zealand behind a little bit, who were honestly the best in the world for a long time with women's rugby league, and we've got to address that we've got to sort that out for them you know absolutely um and i I think that I think that they started off. From a pretty low base in the UK But I think their growth has been A lot lot slower And in, in terms of what you see On the field, I, I think that it's Australia Number one, then some daylight Then New Zealand number two And then lots of daylight And then probably England number three um, And, and it, But it, at least it's going in the right direction If their numbers are to be
0: believed Yes that's That's the key takeaway: yeah, um, that's pretty much it there yeah what, what else it, have we got it's a very it's a very
1: Rugby Football League is a varied tapestry of many different companies. Yes, it's interesting.
0: Why are there that many companies?
1: I don't know. Why is the Rugby Football League all of a sudden the one that ran the World Cup? What, when the fuck did that happen?
0: I, I don't know. How
1: did they um, get so much money out of the World Cup? Then it turns out they're running the World Cup, just ask them. But then they made a loss while running the World Cup.
0: Man, it's a lot of questions. There are quite a lot. Mm. Um, oh, 2022 Golden Boot Awards. What about um, him? Didn't they give it to? Oh, oh no, that was that was last year. Yeah, they I went. I went to it, I went the International Rugby League website and I was looking at the news on there, and that one came up, and I went, yeah, <laughs> "What now? Didn't they
1: give it to Joey Manu? Yeah, they did. Yeah, that was weird. And they gave it to him. Uh, didn't they give it to him before the semi-finals had been played? Correct. Okay. Yeah. They need to fucking dissolve it all. Eh?
2: It's so stupid. It's so
1: uh,
0: stupid. It, it's mad. Um, there was a thing on their website which I did see. I've got to go back to it now. It was an explainer for the 2025 World Cup. Okay. That they cancelled. Well, that's been cancelled. They didn't cancel it. This is from the 20th of May. What was this? Oh, we went through this. I'm, I'm trying to find anything of any value on the International Rugby League website to try and Inform the listeners of what's coming up on the international calendar. And there's nothing.
1: Yeah, they're an administration that doesn't administer anything at the moment. Um, I I had to explain to them. I had one dude that was I, was, I was explaining how this World Cup has lost money. And you can tell that because the French government looked at the finances and said, we're not putting any money into this. And so they had to cancel the 2025 World Cup. And this person was saying, prove, where are the numbers that say they lost money? And I explained to them, it's like there's a a bloody dead body laying in the street. And I'm pointing at it saying, look, man, it's fucking dead. And they're saying, I don't believe you. Where's the autopsy? (laughs) (laughs) Like That's where we're at right now with some people. And I, I don't understand why anybody would defend what's happened, because the admin, these World Cup administrators don't care about anyone. They don't care about the game,
0: but people are so quick to defend them. It's really weird. Yeah, I think I think they've got this impression that when you're knocking, um, you know, the World Cup organisers or the international rugby league that you're knocking the game overall and that you must hate it. Yeah. No, we're knocking it because we want the game to be successful. We want it to be growing and getting bigger and better. Yeah. But it's not. And that's, that's where that comes from. Like it, it makes me angry because these people
1: ruined the game. You know, they're ruining it. They're losing money and they're stuffing it up. And they're not being held accountable. So they just are allowed to ruin it some more. And that makes me really angry. Because I love the international game. It's awesome. And, yeah, I think people take it the wrong way.
0: They do, yeah. uh, Speaking of the international games, I found out when the next international matches are going to be. Oh, nice. I didn't go to the International Rugby League website because they don't know. So I went to the European Rugby League one because they do. Okay, Yep. October. Okay, now
1: are, are you sure they're not the ones that they had to cancel? No, no, no. These ones are these ones are legit rescheduled. Yeah, because they had the they'd set up the European Championship, which you and me were actually pretty excited about. But they had to they had to cancel that when 2025 was
0: cancelled. Hey. Yeah. So these these next two in mm-hmm. October, it's our 7th of October, 4th of October. They're not in any championship. It's okay. two games by the Netherlands. And the first one is against Albania, which will be their first international match. Oh, nice. The second one is against Serbia. And I dare say Netherlands will probably rack up a cricket score against Albania, and then Serbia will probably do the same back to Netherlands a week later.
1: Yeah, Serbia is is the big dog in the continental Europe outside of France.
0: And then the week after, 21st of October, Mm -hmm. Spain versus Wales in the European Championship.
1: It would be cool if it was the full strength Welsh team. And see to see how Spain lines up against them.
0: There's gonna be some interesting games in there. Twenty first of October the the whole European championship kicks off. So Scotland plays Serbia as well, England plays Ireland, France v. Italy, Germany versus the Czech Republic, Ukraine versus Norway. And then on the twenty second of October, England plays Tonga. I
1: wonder if that goes ahead. I have a feeling that's not going to go ahead, huh? I
0: don't think it will because if they've got, um, they're playing Ireland the day before.
1: I I feel like they've there's some weird thing that they um that they're doing that with their international team. They're not calling it the England Knights, but it, it it's like clearly they're just going to have two teams that they they run out. I think that that's what they decided on. But I I do, I think that 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 test series between England and Tonga, I'd be really surprised if it went ahead. Um, So, yeah.
0: Which sucks. It'd be cool to see, you know. Imagine imagine this, okay. You don't have to think about, you know, whether you like England or not. On the 20th of October, they're listed as playing Scotland in one championship game, and on exactly the same day, they're also playing Tonga. And if there is two England sides... Why not put them in a in a double header at the same venue, and then you can go and watch England playing two back to back games. Obviously, they're two different squads. Mm. You can watch England play two tests back to back. That that would be absolutely unheard of. And how could that not be something that you could use to draw people in to watch the game? I
1: tell you what. When they they held those mid season test matches last year. Uh, to give their players a run ahead of the World Cup, the crowd for that was abysmal. Like it was <laughs> really, really terrible. Um, I think that the number that they posted was outrageously more than were actually at the ground. Um, and I actually saw somebody, and I can't remember who it was, and I wish I could remember who it was. But they were saying, if you look at, if you look at it in financial terms, that they spent all of that money to have that fixture mid-season. And then they went into the World Cup and they failed in the World Cup. There wasn't any sort of boost that they got out of that mid-season fixture and it cost them so much money. You kind of got to get rid of fixtures like that because they don't work and you make no money out of them while you're playing them, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, it's something I've mentioned you know, quite a while ago with the English competition and um, they play too many games. Yeah. When you're when you're struggling financially, and they may not say that they're struggling, but when the finances are low, don't have so many games. Reduce your overheads by reducing the number of games. You can still get the same you know, same or very similar T V rights deal and stuff like that. They want content. You can stretch you can spread your season out a little bit and make mm-hmm. it longer to cover the, the reduction in games. Yeah. And Because most of the time, most of the games in the Super League are played at the same time. Yeah. Perfect opportunity. Separate them and play them more stretched out like they do in the NRL. You've actually created more content, and you can reduce the number of rounds, less games. You're still getting the same amount of money from your TV rights deal, from your sponsors, all this sort of stuff. That's how you start making things smarter and better. Because at the Mm -hmm. moment, the, the big problem you've got when you've got as many games as they've got, is you're asking the same people, fans, to put their hand in the pocket more often than not, and more often than they need to, to keep propping the game up the whole time. Yeah. You give everyone a bloody bit of relief and you will produce a better competition because you're not going to have you know, injuries and worn-out players and stuff like that because of the stupidly long season. It just makes sense. Um, and they really need to figure that out really fast because at the moment it's just nonsense.
1: It really is. And it's uh there doesn't seem to be a willingness to really want to mix things up too much either. And you would have hoped that IMG was gonna be able to come in and say, Look, we need to make some real big changes here, but they haven't done that yet. And and I'm fine with that because you kind of hope that they sit back and they're they're observing what's happening a little bit. Um but it can't go on for too much longer. They do need to make changes.
0: They really do. Um,
1: (sighs) I heard that the next World Cup, and I don't know what year it's going to be held.
0: 2025 is the one that got penciled in at the moment.
1: Yeah, I heard that that's too quick for what they need to do, that it might be a year or two after that which would not be good. You know, I hope it's 2025. But I heard that it's going to be eight teams and held in Australia. Interesting. Yeah, and the NRL is going to just – it's going to be run by the NRL, basically. They're going to run a a lean, tight ship, get it over and done with, have a World Cup, boom, done, sorted. And it's going to be um, all but invitation.
0: I wonder if that's done to try and get some money back into the International Rugby League hands while also reducing overheads as much as possible and just try and get one out of the way so that whoever is supposed to have the 2025 World Cup get an extra three, four years piled on top to get themselves organised, possibly France. Yeah,
1: I I would think so, hey. Uh, And like I think if the NRL woke up tomorrow, say Peter Volantis wakes up tomorrow, he, he rubs the sleep out of his eyes. Gets the uh,
0: actually it's not sleep it's bacon. <laughs> he sleeps with bacon over his arm.
1: <laughs> yeah, that'd be the life. Uh, Absolutely. He get he gets whatever that cream is he puts in his hair. Brul cream slicks that into it. Looks yeah. in the mirror, says, "Yeah, I still got it." And then he Un- just saw, hang on, untucks his shirt. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he says, "I still got it." And then he says, "You know what? Fuck it." I'm running a World Cup at the end of 2023. I reckon they could do it.
0: Of course they can.
1: I reckon they could do it really
0: easy. What they do is they say, right, let's get on the phone to every single Pacific Island nation Hmm. and get them all to say yes, and then we'll bring England over. Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, you need to have a a weak team in every World Cup. (laughs) (laughs) We've got to make sure the Northern Hemisphere is represented. Exactly. And then, uh, yeah, we'll go from there.
1: Uh, Well, I think that that's basically... I I think that's what's going to happen for the next World Cup. How
0: how could it not? If you are going to have more than one team from the Northern Hemisphere, it's more often than not going to be France. Mm. And if that's the case, and you want to make it even, you want to have four and four, who else are you going to bring over and who are you going to leave out? If you're going to have Australia New Zealand... Mm -hmm. Samoa has to be there, given they Mm -hmm. made the last final, and Tonga. How do you leave out Papua New Guinea, Fiji? You know, you can't can't leave them out. No. And the thing
1: is, too, like, I I think you and me feel the same way about France. They are grandfathered in for everything they've done for the international game. But at the same time, at the last World Cup, I... They they started to wear that out with me a little bit because they're not turning up when it matters. Like they they're talking a really good game. That you know they said we're getting Trent Robinson in. He's looking at our, our development structure. He's doing coaching and stuff like that. And then they put up another duck egg at a tournament. And it, you can only do that for so long before it's like I'm sorry France. I love you, but we can't keep carrying you when you don't turn up. You know, and they're not alone. There's plenty of other nations that don't turn up when they should. Um, So, you know, and then we saw the rest of Europe. I mean, the rest of Europe can't play rugby league. And and that's that's not my fault, you know. And anybody that's upset about that, I don't care. If they were good at playing rugby league, we wouldn't flog them.
0: Yes, for decades.
1: Over and over again. Like, unmercifully flog them.
0: It's not even close. No. Um, yeah, there's not not much else there. Um, there's talks on a different topic here that a predicted New South Wales team's been released. Oh, really? Who's in it? All right. Tedesco, two O, Crichton, Matt Burton at centre, Josh Adekar on the wing, the halves of Nico Hines and Mitch Moses. Okay. What?
1: Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. Go on.
0: Yeah. Uh, Junior Paulo, Reese Robson, Regan Campbell Gillard. Yeah. In the back row, Liam Martin, Cameron Murray, see Yo. And on the bench, Cook, Young, Koloa Matangi, and Spencer Lone and Katoni Staggs is the 18th man. Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I think. I- I think Luai would work mm. rather well with Heinz. So do I, hey. And I'd like to see Luai 6, Heinz 7. I think yes. that would work. Um, and I'm not I'm not shitting on Moses. I don't think we can blame Mitch Moses too much for what happened in game two. No. He was actually trying stuff out there. Um, sure, it didn't work. But he was having a crack. He was trying to do something other than the stupid game plan they had. Mm. Um But because no one else is aware to it, nothing came of it. Um, And I I remember making a tweet saying, "You could put anyone you want in that seven jumper. The way they're playing at the moment, it's not going to make a lick of difference because they've all been instructed to play a very specific, very very limited
1: game." And I think that I think everyone, I hope everyone saw that between the first and second game. Because in that first game, you know, I I I didn't really uh, I wasn't standing up for Cleary with how he played. But then Moses, when you see him come in and it's basically the exact same thing happens yeah, and it's like there was no difference. Yeah. And it's like this isn't a
0: personnel issue. This is a a coaching issue. Yeah. And I think we can both be very clear that Moses and Cleary have two very, very different games when it comes to being a half back. One hundred percent, yeah. Cleary's is a lot more um sort of old school. He'll take the line on a lot more frequently. Mm. Moses is a bit more of the modern halfback where he will drift side to side and find link runners everywhere across the field. And he kicks to corners a lot, which Mm -hmm. a lot of modern halfbacks do. And he's fine at that. But he had to go more out of his normal method to play this role where he basically just got the ball and kicked to corners. He he wasn't given a, a role to rove too much. And so he wasn't able to find any forwards to run onto any passes or anything. Mm. he tried different grubbers and stuff like that, trying to get something to happen. But because no one's aware of it, because they haven't been training for it, you know, it all got diffused rather easily.
1: And the other thing is too, that the defense knows that like your, your halfback is going to be right there every single time. He's not going to be in the middle of the field. He's not going to go to the other side of the field. He's always going to be right here in front of me. And if he's going to kick into the corner, like there's only so much room that this guy's able to work with. Yeah. And it just, no one shut down New South Wales halves better than New South Wales game
0: plan. Exactly. And given that um, Luai and Hines both like to move around a bit on the field, they don't just park on one side of the field. They do move around a bit. Hines more than Luai does. But Luai will not just stay parked out on the edge. He'll move into the middle every now and then. And especially if he's got to do playmaking stuff, he'll drift over the other side but Heinz will move around a fair bit. So there's a fair chance they'll link up more often than not, much like Cleary does with with at club level. And so I think that would be better for both of them. Mm. Um, I don't know what, what you do with Tedesco. I don't think he's... I don't think he doesn't deserve to be there, but the game plan's got to change so that he's not getting the ball so often. Like, the best... The best you get out of Tedesco is when he's used at the right time because he's a, he's a very strong ball runner, got good leg drive. But if you're giving him the ball all the time, they're just going to park a strong defender on him, like a second row or like they have done, and they'll shut him down. It's, it's easy to shut down. Um, so you can see what they do in that area. Um, but, yeah, surprised that they've not got Luai in there.
1: How about the fact that Campbell Graham
0: is going to be overlooked? Brad, again, Fittler, like,
1: hey Brad Fittler has, once again, not picked a centre in the centres.
0: No. Well, he's got a bit closer this time. At least he's picked someone who's played a fair bit of centre there. Yeah, but, but um, like, it's
1: just insane. It is. It's nuts. It's insane. I could, you know, if you're going to look at it as a, a case of, okay, this is a dead rubber Let's try some things. You yeah. know, if it was down to that, I would say okay, uh, you know, Chuck Burton in there. Let's see how he goes. But then I wouldn't have Tedesco at fullback. You know? No, that's
0: right. If you're gonna, if you want Burton in there and you're gonna have Lua in there, then you've got to drop Moses. Mhm. Put Burton at 5'8", Hines at six, a uh, Heinz at seven, or you put Burton on the bench. Um, leave Moses there, Heinz to fullback.
2: Even see, if you,
0: even,
1: even if they had have gone with Heinz and Burton in the halves, you know, it, to see how it works. See how yeah. we go. I would have been like, fine. You know, we've got to yeah. try something.
0: Well, a kicking game would be good. Because, you know, Burton and his bombs.
1: Oh, his bombs, they're like nothing I've ever seen before. Fuck <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, imagine if, if the the way the commentators go on about Burton's bombs were around when Ricky Stewart was playing and all they talked about was his kicks for touch. Like, <laughs> There's a whole other range of skill set that Ricky Stewart's got and has, uh, uses a lot. But no, no, hmm. let's just focus on the one thing he does really good all the time and ignore all the other stuff that he does really good as well, if not yeah. better.
1: <laughs> so, it's so weird when commentators just get stuck on something. Like that fucking... You brought it up earlier when Alex Twelve scored, right?
2: Yeah.
1: I didn't care because I'm not a fucking virgin, you know? <laughs> it's like who gives a shit? Oh, <laughs> it, was weird. it was the weirdest thing. There's all this celebration and stuff. I'm like, who gives a fuck?
2: <laughs>
0: uh it, it's it's ridiculous. But uh, this thing about Burton and his bombs. I haven't seen this much um adoration of someone's very one specific kick since pat richard's at his kickoffs
1: <laughs> it's it was the same thing oh look at his kickoffs
0: it's like just kind of ding out you know <laughs> he's just kicking the ball for fuck's sake yeah <laughs> imagine imagine rugby league commentators who mm. the ones who go off about burton's bombs mm. were commentating a soccer game they'd be They'd be hoarse. He's kicked the ball!
2: <laughs> Every <laughs> fucking time! <laughs> all game! He kicked the
0: ball! Oh my god, they can all do it!
1: It's so oh. crazy. It's like, you know who had a really big boot on him was and Nasta. He had a fucking huge boot right. on him. That's- Some people are really weird. They can just, for whatever reason, like, most people can most people can kick a ball at about the same level but there's some people who, and i don't know if it's technique i don't know if it's how they drop the ball and if it for whatever reason they send that fucker further than everyone else braith anasta is one of those people he, he he had a boot on him
0: well, let's be honest there's a, a lot of things you've been cr- be critical of anasta for but his kicking game was fucking impressive for a long time yeah was it yeah it wasn't just the high kicks either he had a Big build There'd be times when the Roosters would be, you know, trapped in their own 20-30 meter mark. They'd just hoik the ball out to a nasser, and he'd just clear that fucking thing, mm-hmm. and they'd automatically get back into the back into the game, even if they had a bad set. And that was something that you. That's a great asset. Yeah, I hadn't seen someone like that since Stewart. He can get his side out of trouble just with one kick. And that's a kick, yeah. Hell of a bloody. Uh, Feature to have. I'm trying to but think
1: of yeah. anyone else like Fitler for a few years. There had a big boo, but it wasn't like a Anastas. Anastas was the next level sort of thing.
0: Yeah, he just timed it so well. I think yeah. it was just a sweet timing. Yeah, some people have got that going on. That's um, so weird, hey? Yeah, but but um, that's an interesting lineup.
1: Yeah, I. I the the other thing is. Uh, the dude from Penrith, what's his name? Ian, uh, Spencer Lenu. I, I don't, I don't get this thing where Spencer Lenu gets pissed off in a game, and then all of a sudden he's a fucking Origin player.
0: <laughs> like well, that's what it takes, you know. You got to be able to throw a punch.
1: Yeah, and, and it it makes zero sense. And it's like, oh, every, Remember they did it. They did this with Marco Mealy? Where uh-huh. Marco Milly come into first grade, and he was a very good player. I had a little bit of skill about him, not heaps, but a little bit of skill. He had a few things there he could work on, and they were just like, "Oh, this fucking guy's crazy. He's just a battering ram. He's so angry and stuff." And they just push him into that little square box.
0: Where... I wonder if how much of that started after he builded Bryce Gibbs. Probably, huh? Because <laughs> that was crazy. Gibbs hit him with a with a a hard tackle. And stood over him and gave him a bit of lip, and then merely fucking knocked him out on the next hit up.
1: Merely blasted him into next fucking whatever. Uh, There's been a few ones like that where, um, there was one on the weekend. Who who did that? I feel it was it might have been this weekend or last weekend. Oh, you know what it was? It was the Panthers players. Where Storm play like uh, Warbrick. He yeah. come up and he he put on a cut he went to put on a hit on one of the panthers players and it was just like got switched the fuck off
0: yeah i do remember seeing that i think from memory it was a it was a legal hit
1: yeah it was yeah it was yeah um some every so often you'll see something like that happen and it's like oh man that wasn't good
0: that was good um what else has been going on I don't think there's much more else that's, yeah, that's think, been happening.
1: I think we've covered most things. The only other thing I guess we haven't talked about is um, Luke Brooks. Luke, Luke Brooks? Brooks is he's no longer going to be a Tiger. He's going to be in that fucking weird collection of players that the Manly Seagulls put
0: together. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is reminding me of a tweet I made. Yes. Okay, I put together a squad of 13 players. Yeah, of, of players who merely has signed from the West Tigers. Okay. Okay. Kevin McGuinness, John Hoppawati, Terry Hill, Moses Sully, Nick Bradley Kualalawa. Wow, well, they signed him. I can't remember that. Curtis Siridan, Luke Brooks, they're your halves. Mm-hmm. Um, Martin Tapau, Shane Dunley, Josh Alawai, David Gower, Kelma Tualangi, Aaron Woods. Yeah, Gower and Woods are the only two that they didn't sign directly from the Tigers, but those mm-hmm. blokes did make their day, NRL debut with the Tigers.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a lot, hey? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's it's. Who's your favourite player out of that group? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah,
1: you know, the most effective one might be Hopawati, hey?
0: Oh, I think T'Powell's probably the best of them.
1: You reckon? See, I thought Tapao when he went
0: there is pretty so-so. Yeah, but he was the best. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it's know. It's too thought... early. It's too early to tell on Aaron Woods. He's only been there for a few games. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I'm going to
1: put the pen through him, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: and I, just, they, I remember putting fact... that together. Going, wow, that's that's all bad.
1: The fact that they signed Brooks to a four-year deal,
0: it made me want to slap someone at the Seagulls. Um, Look, I'm going to say this, okay? Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the best decision Brooks could have made for what's left of his career. Because as I've said before, he needs a halfback who will do everything. And -hmm. he's just going to be someone who does have all the skills right because he, he does he's a he's a genuine playmaker but he doesn't do the talking he can't organise shit but he can he can run plays if they're taught to him he's got a good passing game he's got a good kicking game he's definitely got a good running game um so if he's it's, there's a, there's plenty to work with there um i think DC will work really well with him because he'll be doing most of the work uh and we saw last year when brooks was at 6 and hastings was at 7 Brooks did look better, and that's alongside Hastings. DC I mean, DC's like fifty thousand levels above Hastings. That's He's going to make Brooks look like a million dollars. I just um, worry.
1: I just worry when you've got a player, and their big, their big plus is that if somebody else does everything else.
0: I know, no, <laughs> I good. I absolutely get it. Yeah, but I think at this stage too, um, Brooks is also someone who is not going to give. Um, the coach, the, the management, any grief. He's a, he's a good boy. Whereas Schuster has been giving him no amount of grief, apparently. And they just want to end their time with him. Plus, Schuster's,
1: no, Schuster's re- costing them more than Brooks. They re-signed Schuster. Did you not hear that? No, they re-signed him. What the Two fuck point, are they going to do with him? I think it's a $2.5 million
0: contract. Oh, <laughs> that's worse than the Brooks deal. <laughs> do, you, do you not agree with that I they've signed I, Brooks on what 700 grand a year or something like that I heard I think, it's, I think it's all bad I think it's all bad I would take Brooks on 700 grand a year than that deal they've done with Schuster That that's worse because where are they going to put Schuster now put him back know. in the second row as and do what who the fuck pays that much for a second rower when he does, I'd, I'd like to see him
1: do something, hey. Oh. It'd be good if he did
0: something, Schuster. That's got to be the worst deal in, in the NRL at the moment. Yeah, he pays a, he, what's he achieved? There. And he's already getting that money? Yeah, I don't get it. Fuck.
1: I don't get it. Bad luck, Manly. Yeah, see what I mean? Their collection of players is fucking
0: strange. The only way the Brooks deal works is they got rid of Schuster. I yeah. thought that's what had happened. I thought no. they said, yep, Schuster, you're gone. We've brought Brooks in. He's a replacement. No. <laughs> They've kept Schuster as well. Yeah. And gave him a pay rise. Yes. A significant one. Yes. Fuck. Well, Brooks has come to the club for 400 grand, less than what he's currently on.
1: Do you think? <laughs> do you think? Partway through next year, DCE starts saying,
0: hmm. Hmm. No. You don't? No. Right. DCE knows he's got a place in that team on top dollar for as long as he fucking will wants it, especially if those are the replacement options. Because if, if that's their long-term plan, is that DCE goes and the replacement halves are going to be Brooks and Schuster... Spoon. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Spoon. Keep in mind though
1: they're they're coached by Anthony Seabol. So Spoon Yeah.
0: They're gonna have uh, um Tom Troboyovich playing half the games every year.
1: Exactly. See, they've got a weird lineup. Fucking street clothes, so he doesn't play, right? <laughs> you got Brooks, who's a, a great halfback. When someone's playing halfback instead, <laughs> Schuster, who I just I, I'd like to see him do something. I don't get it. DCE, fantastic player. I'm calling it now. Okay, I'm going to call it now. I'm calling my shot. Round, round twelve next year. D.C. is going to ask for a release to a Queensland club. He want he wants to go home to a Queensland club.
0: Oh, you know it'd be great as if the Tigers signed him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Imagine that. They don't have that sort of foresight. Hey, yeah,
0: you, know, you know it'd be absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. This, this would get me back on board with the Tigers. Okay. If they went and, if they went and signed DCE and Ben Hunt, ben just two-year Hunt. deals for both of them.
1: I'm trying to think if that would work. That, that you would, know the that problem would de- is
0: that would work as Hunt can play six.
1: They're both fantastic players, but I've just got visions of the Knights running through that West Tigers forward pack today. And and
0: oh yeah, no, the forward pack is still trash. But yes. that would be an upgrade in the halves.
1: <laughs> if if DCE was on the market right now, I think he's a, a million plus player. He's easy. He's, he's
0: one point four.
1: Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I think. The only half-back, I'd probably say Clear is probably still worth more, and that's as much about his age yeah. than anything. Yeah,
0: that's you know? right. Um, yeah, and Ben Hunt's probably not going to be far behind either, given that he can he can play six and he can cover nine as well. Not that he wants to, but he can. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so
1: I, that, my point being that I don't think DCE has to worry about the money side of things.
0: Oh, God, no. Um, but I, if, I think if Mealy's willing to spend that amount of money on Schuster though. DC's going well, you know. I might just ask him for 2 million a year. Yeah, he could do,
1: <laughs> could do. It's just shocking to me. I and DCE, like he's got he's got plenty of petrol in the tank too. He's not looking any anything like a player that's losing a step or anything like that. And I think he's no, going to no. have a a game that's going to age well as well. Yeah. He's, anyway, he's I'm calling out great. round what I say round twelve next year. DC round twelve. Round twelve <laughs> DC. DC is gonna be like I wanna go oh I wanna go home to
0: family up in Queensland. You reckon he's off to the Titans? He did look at him once before, didn't he? He did, yeah. I um
1: When's Reynolds off contract at the Broncos? Uh end of next year. End of next year. Interesting. Yeah. It is. You know, Reynolds looks good if they go into the finals and Reynolds gets injured, like he does a lot, unfortunately, into the finals. Let's just see what happens. Mm. Let's just see what happens. Let's do that. Adam Reynolds, West Tigers. Fucking five-year contract. (laughs) Make it
0: seven. (laughs) What,
1: 2024?
0: (laughs) Yeah, signed until 2030. Yeah. He might be 42. Who cares? Fuck it. (laughs) Give him another three years at the end. Yeah. And you know what? They'll still have David Nothaluma on the books. (laughs) (laughs) They made David Nothaluma a tiger for life. Oh, how? Oh, we gave him a 40-year contract. He should die before it ends. There's just some
1: players that when they say, oh, he's got a life contract, your, your first question is why?
0: Hmm. I mean, unless... Unless, of course, they're 35 and you've given them a one-year extension. Yeah, true. True. But that won't happen.
1: Did you see the news that, uh, that because the Titans sacked their coach, that uh, Big Tino and David Fafida have clauses in their contract that would allow them to leave the Titans?
0: Wow. Mm. I think Tino would be nuts to leave because he probably won't go too bad under Hasler it does like um, roving forwards.
1: Yeah, and, and I I have a feeling too that he actually he actually really likes it there. Mm. It's just a feeling I've got, not based on anything other than I think if he was one of those players that didn't like it there, he would already be making noises about leaving. But yeah, I just was... think that this is part of his contract, you know, whereas David Fafita, who's had some good good few good weeks for the Titans. Yes. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think he'll leave but I wouldn't be shocked if there were a few phone calls made
0: I don't think he'll leave purely because I don't think another club will take him for the money he wants
1: David Fafita, West Tigers Lock it in <laughs> You'd take David Fafita wouldn't you? And he'll be wearing six can you imagine how fat he would get it at the
2: West.
1: <laughs> My God.
0: It would only take him an off-season. Yeah. And I'm you not even tra- up to pre-season training, and go, wow, he's 145 kilos. How'd that happen?
1: <laughs> he's got the hunger back. Um,
0: <laughs> he really does.
1: I'm not even saying that, you know, in like, bagging
0: him. I'd be like, yeah, David, take the money and get fat. You know? Why not? Just make sure you sign for a long period of time. You want that yeah. long-term recurring coin. Yeah.
1: It's interesting, though, that the Titans had clauses in players' contracts that if Holbrook gets sacked, that they become available on the player market. It's just, I don't know, it's just strange. Strange to me. Yeah. I could understand it if it was, say, Wayne Bennett. Like, say, somebody goes to the, the, uh, and I know that they're having a coaching change coming up. At the, at the Dolphins, but if you go to play under Wayne Bennett and Wayne Bennett gets sacked, I would get that, you know? Yeah. But not Justin fucking Holbrook.
0: No, there's only a few coaches out there where you'd have that sort of a clause and an attachment to a coach because the coach probably helps to draw you there just through what they've achieved. Bellamy, yeah. Robinson.
1: Bellamy, yeah.
0: Bellamy. Um, But yeah, that's, that's nuts at Holbrook, Adam.
1: Yeah. Like I would be surprised even if it was, like say maybe Ivan Cleary with his son, but other players even at a, if I say Ivan Cleary got sacked well, for whatever
0: reason, no, you got to put Cleary in the same group. I mean he's he's won as many premierships as most of the rest of them now. True, but I just I'd be surprised if they let like if say he
1: he decided to leave the club at the end of the year that it's like oh well there's six Panthers players that had clauses in their contract that if he leaves they can leave too. It'd, Surprising to me, it's just a very strange clause to have in the contract to me. Yeah,
0: it feels like one of um building up a click group to work against the club. Yeah, you, know, you can't it, sack the coach because all these players are going to leave. That is really
1: interesting, Andrew. I'd never thought of that. Hey,
0: it's uh, Man. it's one way of a coach sort of solidifying his place by using the players against the club,
1: yeah. Yeah, it is. wow.
0: I think Sheen's had that in place when he and his first stint with the Tigers. There are a handful of plays there that said, "Oh, if he gets the sack, I think for, uh, Benji might have been one of them."
1: Some 4D chess stuff.
0: Yeah. And so I think it might have been something because there was a lot of criticism of Sheen's in those last three or four years, um, and it died down when they made the finals in 2010, 2011. But 2012, it came back really, really strong um, of Sheen's, and people were starting to lose a lot of faith in him, and they didn't want him around anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was always sort of probably released by Sheen's himself because he does, he does like people in the media, mm-hmm. um, and he does like a leak, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, where you, know, you, you just hear little things like, oh yeah, Benji Benji Marshall's got a, a clause in his contract where he can he can be free to negotiate with other clubs if the coach gets sacked. And the club's going, oh, fuck, we don't want to lose Benji. Mm. Oh, I've got to keep the coach. And the club decided, eventually it got the balls to sack him. And I think Benji went wandering them the year after. Went over to Union, then went come back and went to the Dragons. But you just go, yeah, well, sometimes you just got to take the hit and see what happens. And I guess that's what they probably thought. Oh, Benji won't go anywhere, he'll stay. And Benji went...
1: Fuck that! Oh yeah. fan. I I got it with Benji. I feel as though he was at a weird point in his career though, where he he played some of the best football I've ever seen, and unfortunately he was in a side that was doing nothing. Yeah. and then he's and we've talked we talked about this earlier, where he's in that point where he's he had to re restructure his game so that it wasn't just all about athleticism. It was. About other things, and I think that he really struggled with that more than most players have. Yeah, game um,
0: management, game control, that sort of stuff. I don't, yeah, something he genuinely learned after spending time with Wayne Bennett. Yeah, and and by the way, by the end of his career was so good that,
1: like, when his career was over and he had that final season at Souths, so I was looking at him thinking, "Man, I'd love to have him at Penrith," you know. Yeah. Just for the, all of that experience, and if there's an injury in the halves, we've got this guy who is just this wealth of football knowledge and can run a team around the field without even touching the ball at that point. And like he become a master at it. So, I, but I think that that transition for him was harder than it it'd probably have been for any superstar that I've watched.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he struggled with it for quite a while, mm. um, and it took a top line coach to help him out with it. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what goes on there. I'm like you; I'm surprised that uh, <laughs> Holbrook had that much of a hold over the players. That's, I still can't ridiculous. believe
1: that. I still can't believe they re-signed up themselves. Or like, I just they had the chance to be rid of this problem, and they re-signed him. I know it wasn't to the same amount, but geez, he's not a winning player, hey? No, no. Like, okay, on the weekend, you, saw, you probably saw that try scored where he's running at the line, two of them hit him, and he's just so big and strong, he just passes it out to the winger, and the winger scores. Like, when you watch him do stuff like that, it's like, my God, this guy is a monster.
2: Yeah,
0: But it's just everything else he's not good at. Yeah, his defensive positioning at times is not a yeah. like Yeah. you're a forward, it's like, you know, the majority of what you do is – Tackling a defensive been in the right spot, then you get that wrong by that much.
1: How does a guy that can run over everyone on a footy field not like poleaxing people in defence? Yeah,
0: I don't know, man. It's crazy. Like, he only poleaxes him when he's got a ball under his arm. Yeah, like <laughs> even kick out. Kick out was
1: very a very good ball runner for a while, but then. The defense got there, and he was probably more devastating in defense when he was hitting players. Like, when he was hitting them, they were all staying hit. didn't matter who you are. But Fafita's just never got that. No.
0: Oh, one day he might get the... Uh... Nah, he'll probably just send to Dave Taylor again. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody's waiting for that to happen.
1: Yeah. When he joins the West Tigers, it'll be... All righty. <laughs> Lock that in.
0: Um, I think we've pretty much got everything covered for the week. Yeah, it's been a good episode. Hey, we, we've we've been all over the world on this one.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: We've even dove into the books over in England. Yeah, still don't really know what happened, but <laughs> it happened. Well, yeah, their their money bucket's got a hole in it somewhere, and they've got fifteen different buckets. <laughs> That's right. They've all got holes. Mm. It's just a matter of trying to get them all positioned in the right spot so they leak into each separate bucket so they don't lose too much. I
1: would just love to know <laughs> what the last bucket is because I don't know. The money just it'll goes be so, like it's it. money.
0: It'll be someone holding out their pocket, surely. It all goes into Oddsall. Oddsall. Oddsall? That's where it is. Off to Oddsall.
2: I so just got to stay that ground
1: I, I would still like to know what happened there. The biggest mystery in rugby league right now is like, who owns it? What are they going to do with it? And you know,
0: I don't can tell you, know, you. You, you know who owns it? Who? Donald Trump. <laughs> I have all the best stadiums. It had the biggest crowd. You should
1: have seen the crowd. I wasn't there. I wasn't born. We had all the people, the best people. They're all here. They were packed in tight. They were on the, they were on the roof. But we got them in there.
0: We've got them on the hill, they're up the road, they're everywhere.
1: Now we've got a track around the outside, not ideal.
0: (laughs) Dingo's got a hill. (laughs) It's got the best hill. We have all the best hills on the ground. The
1: are made of carpet, not great, but still, you can score tries, I've seen it myself.
0: Out of all the grounds that have got carpet, we've got the best carpet.
1: The carpet matches the drapes. That's all I'm going to say.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a that's a title for the episode. <laughs> we'll leave we'll leave that there. <laughs> oh shit! Alrighty, thanks for tuning everyone. Make sure you check us out on the socials on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You know them all. Um, one day I might remember them and I'll recite them all again. But if you need to know, you can go back to an old episode. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter might not be the best one at the moment, though, with the limits that they put in. Yeah, although the last tweet is pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah, the last the last tweet just made everyone think about me wearing a thong. Thongs. Well,
0: plural. Edelon. Plural. Yeah, which everyone wants to see. Anyway. You can find Leak Freak on Twitter at Sweet Cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> check him out. Give him a follow. Um, thanks to everyone. Make sure to check us out on the socials and we'll catch us all next time.